This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, March 11th. S&P futures are trading down about 47 points. That is about 1.7%. Europe's major indices are rallying. Europe is up about 2%. Um, I will point out that Europe is still down about 7% week to date. And then keep in mind, yesterday in the US, the bulk of our rally occurred after Europe had closed. So Europe is is playing catch up a little bit. Um, Asia ended lower pretty much across the board. There are a lot of moving pieces today on the macro front. Um, so just running through um, a few of the big themes. So in the U.S., there had been a lot of fiscal stimulus headlines out over the last several sessions. The White House clearly is considering and talking about a variety of different options. They are consulting with Congress on a variety of different options. As of right now, they are all very, very minor, very targeted options. You're not going to see a massive fiscal stimulus package in the U.S. The biggest piece of of, of the White House plan, the payroll tax cut um, fell flat in Congress on both sides of the aisle. There is not much support from the Democrats or the Republicans um, to pull that lever at this point in time. So there should not be any uh, anticipation of kind of massive fiscal stimulus in the U.S. And I think if you look globally as well, and I kind of detailed in the Vital Dawn all the various fiscal measures that have been announced by various governments around the world, the numbers really don't add up to much. They're very minor for the time being. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, it takes, I think, a larger economic downturn to really muster the political will um, to enact large fiscal stimulus. And I think that's that's kind of one of the problems why you haven't really seen on the fiscal front, um, you know, a real substantive response. So there should not be, um, you know, bottom line, there should not be hope um, for a large kind of fiscal response in the U.S. At, at this point in time. If we were to get one, it probably means that data and the markets have dramatically deteriorated. So it's probably not something investors should be rooting for. On the monetary front, you are seeing central banks act. Obviously, central banks have more flexibility. There's not a political process that they have to go through in response to market developments. So you saw the BOE came out today, the Bank of England, with an emergency 50 basis point cut. Uh, this was not a scheduled meeting. The next meeting for them is not until the end of March. Um, you know, This follows an emergency cut from the Fed uh, back on March 3rd. So clearly, central banks are using policy. Um, you know, I, w- I will say that the response in markets, you know, Europe is trading higher today, but in general, you're not seeing markets really celebrate these these uh, rate cuts by central banks. And I think, you know, this is something I've been writing about for a while. You already have policy that's extremely accommodative and you have, you know, extreme periods of accommodation that that go on for prolonged periods of time. They, they begin to become counterproductive. They start to act against certain areas of the economy, specifically banks that are crucial for, um, you know, the functioning of, of any economy and market. So, you know, the aggressive rate cuts by central banks are not necessarily something that markets um, are really embracing. And I would point out that the pound is actually up today um, just to kind of show you that, you know, markets are not responding in the way that the traditional playbook would suggest that they should be. Um, you do have the ECB coming up tomorrow. Um, I wrote a preview about that. And, and again, it's kind of the same story where a lot of central banks, their toolkits are, are, are pretty much exhausted. The ECB in particular, the ECB's depositor is already deeply into negative territory. If they were to cut it further, 
Um, again, I think it's a neutral at best and, and, and very likely a negative in that, you know, it's very hard for markets to rally and stabilize when banks are being disadvantaged the way they are um, with global monetary policy. And that's especially the case in Europe. Um, balance sheet actions by central banks are something that stocks would respond to more. It's unclear if the ECB is actually going to pull that lever tomorrow. Um, I'm certain Lagarde will talk about it at least and probably make suggestive remarks. It's just unclear at this point in time if they're ready to ramp up the QE pace. Um, you know, keep in mind there still is not necessarily um, a consensus at the ECB to act aggressively. And whereas under Draghi, um, I think he was more willing to push through controversial steps and measures. Lagarde, um, at least for now, appears to be managing the ECB in a more conciliatory fashion. So if there's not going to be a consensus, I don't think you're going to see kind of a, you know, quote unquote, shock and awe response out of the ECB. The Fed next week is more interesting on on uh, the monetary policy front, where again, I get, I go back to that Rosengren speech last week where he talked about, and again, it was very much an academic speech about the mechanics of QE and how in the present setting, if QE were to be revived, that the pool of eligible assets for purchase would probably have to expand beyond treasuries and MBS to include um, other types of assets. And then implicit in that comment is corporate debt. Um, and so I think if Powell were to discuss that, and and it may not occur in his prepared comments, but it certainly is something that a reporter should ask him, just about the mechanics of quantitative easing, I don't think they're going to be, you know, they're not going to actually announce anything next week. It's just a question of will Powell kind of endorse that sentiment that Rosengren talked about, that QE in the future is going to require um, some changes versus the prior iterations of it. Um, so that's kind of monetary policy. That is fiscal policy. Oil is still obviously a very crucial factor for this market, you know, for all the reasons that I've been talking about before. Um, and you have a lot of mixed signals as far as this, you know, Saudi Arabian, Russian um, oil price market share war. So you obviously had the declaration over the weekend where Saudi Arabia ramped output and, and slash prices. You've had multiple media reports suggest that there still are communications occurring between the two sides. The journal had a big kind of profile article yesterday talking about how the former Saudi oil minister, who apparently has a very close relationship with his Russian counterpart, is reaching out to Moscow and attempting to potentially resuscitate the cooperation that had been in place. In the meantime, publicly at least, Saudi Arabia is very much um, you know, preparing for a protracted war. So Saudi Aramco this morning came out and said that the Saudi government has instructed it to ramp its production capacity to 13 million barrels a day, not actually ramp output necessarily, just ramp the production capacity. Um, the capacity uh, uh, at the moment is 12 million. So that's a 1 million barrel incremental bump. And then apparently um, the Sa various Saudi state agencies have been told to slash their budgets 20% um, clearly as the government prepares for lower revenue going forward. So publicly, at least Saudi Arabia isn't backing down. But you do see behind the scenes there are some indications that um, you know the two sides are 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 kind of talking about potentially coming back together. And and I've written before. I really do not think that this is um, a policy that will that will persist uh, going forward. You know, for several months, um, it's enormously harmful to both Saudi to both Saudi Arabia and Russia. Um, and I just think for a variety of reasons that um, there is going to be some type of a detente. Uh, so those are the big macro themes today. Macro, I'm sorry, fiscal policy, monetary policy, and then oil. Um, you know, I think 
for the U.S. markets, the response seems relatively appropriate today where we're giving back some of yesterday's enormous rally. Um, things are still very unsettled. Um, just kind of running through a few other items today. In politics, you had the primaries last night. The results were largely as expected. Uh, Michigan was the one that was being watched very closely. Biden did very well there. Um, you know, Washington is still too close to call, but that had been a state that that Sanders was polling very well. And so the fact that it's even very close at this point in time, um, I, I think just suggests that, you know, Bernie is going to come under enormous pressure to drop out of the race. There is a debate scheduled for this Sunday. Um, like I said, I, I, I would not be shocked if Bernie is out by, you know, before that debate and that debate doesn't even happen. It's just his path to the nomination um, is nearly impossible to see right now. And so other than, um, you know, there's not much point to kind of contest the, the, the future states. So, you, you know, you are probably going to wrap up the primary relatively quickly. And I think, you know, going back to Super Tuesday last week, um, you know, the elimination, quote unquote, of the Bernie tail risk is something that markets embraced. However, Biden is also the most formidable opponent for Trump to face in November. If you look at all the exit polling numbers that are coming out of these primaries, they clearly show that Democrats are motivated primarily by electability and beating Trump. They're not motivated by picking a candidate that most aligns with their, um, you know, with their interests on, on various different policy fronts. And so I think that coupled with the market anxiety that we're experiencing right now at the moment all of that makes Trump, I think, more vulnerable than markets perhaps appreciate. And I think obviously markets would would prefer another four years of the president administration versus um, any of the Democrats. So I think, you know, going forward, I think it's going to be a very close race based on everything that we know at this point in time. Um, and I think that's going to become kind of it, just an added market overhang in addition to everything else that's occurring. On the coronavirus front, really not much new to talk about. You continue to see dramatic improvement in China. China is not even something that really people will even talk about anymore as far as cases. Um, you know, you had Xi went to Wuhan yesterday morning. You had reports now that a lot of the Wuhan businesses are coming back online and being told to resume operations. Um, and you're continuing to see some, you know, some encouraging signs in the other Asian countries, including South Korea, which had been a big area of concern. However, I think the market focus is now on Europe and then the U.S., where you know Italy continues to see an increase in in cases and 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 a much higher mortality rate than other countries have been reporting. Um, Italy's you know obviously announced a series of uh, restrictions on travel and gathering and movement. Um, there are reports that Italy is considering various different types of stimulus measures, including a moratorium on debt payments and mortgage payments. And then the U.S. were waiting for you know the expansion of testing kits, which you know, the CDC has said will be into the millions by the end of this week, early next week, in which case that should uncover a lot of cases that presently exist and just aren't being um, collated in the official data. So, you know, you continue to, I think markets are still somewhat anxious about the true scope of the U.S. problem, and that should be uncovered over the coming days. Um, and I think, you know, that's obviously something that that markets are watching closely. So that is everything. Um, I, you know, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving macro pieces that have everything, um, you know, uh, clearly outlined in today's Vital Dawn. On the calendar, there is not much. Um, the White House is going to have a host of meetings. You'll be there'll be a lot of bank executives at the White House today. Um, you're probably going to see a lot of headlines, a lot of kind of impromptu press conferences. I think people should kind of look through a lot of the headlines, the suggestive, provocative headlines, and just look at what is actual what is actually being stated and what's plausible versus kind of what's just rhetoric. 
I, I suspect you'll get a lot of rhetoric today and not actual, a lot, not a lot of news. Um, Trump is also meeting with his trade advisors today. Again, these aren't really public meetings, but you may see some um, press availability around them. I think trade is, you know, to the extent Trump wants to deliver a major jolt to the economy, um, trade is is the one lever that he has that he can pull unilaterally, and that would be very powerful. So if he were to announce a moratorium on tariffs, um, that's something that Marcus would would uh, receive very well. The media, uh, media report suggests he's not ready to go down that road um, for political reasons. And so, you know, we'll have to see how that all unfolds. But, you know, to the extent Congress does not grant a massive fiscal stimulus and markets remain in a period of flux, uh, that is something that he can do unilaterally that would be positive. The U.S. CPI for February at 830 should be a non-event for markets. And then you don't have any one major reporting earnings. So that is it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening.